You are listening to the sermon podcast for Salem Presbyterian Church in Winston-Salem. Thanks for listening. To learn more about our church, visit salempresws.org. That's salempresws.org. We believe preaching is best when experienced as part of the larger drama of God's people gathering. Something spiritually unique happens when God's people are together. We meet each Sunday to let the liturgy shape us, to hear preaching, and to take the Lord's Supper. And these acts are more robust when done together. Join us Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. in downtown Winston-Salem at 600 Holly Avenue. God created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth, all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then the Lord, then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. This is the word of God for the people of God. It's a really good translation. What is that translation, Susie? I've never... Oh, the NLT, okay. That's the New Living Translation. That was a really beautiful translation. Um, I know it's kind of later than normal, but I'm not going to preach any less long, in case you're wondering. <laughs> so uh, it'll still be, you know, 20, 25 minutes. But um, I'm really excited about this new sermon series that we're doing, starting today. And uh, those of you who are kids, okay, you probably have seen this book. Um, this is called the... Jesus Storybook Bible, and um, I think it is a brilliant uh, encapsulation of the story of Scripture in, um, you know, just um, 50, what is it? Oh, it doesn't even have the number of chapters, but it's, it's an amazing distillation of the Bible down into, you know, 50-odd stories, little short stories, and uh, it was inspired by Tim Keller, um, pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York. Uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones is a uh, missionary British woman who uh, moved to New York, and uh, she was inspired by his preaching to write this book. So that's why, if you've heard a lot of Tim Keller and you've read this book, you can tell there's a lot of similarities there. And um, it's basically, again, it's the it's every story whispers his name is the tagline. Now, I thought about actually reading these or having a child read these um, as kind of a scripture reading, but I thought, no, I think we'll actually stick with the scripture, and I'll read parts of this instead. 
So I will at some point reference that book. But um, this, um, this book not only um, says that every story whispers his name, but actually every story whispers his kingdom as well. Because his name and his kingdom are almost synonymous. He's the king. He's King Jesus. And, uh, and this, this first story is, of course, the creation story. You know, what else would it be? And um, it's called The Perfect Home. It's about how God put us in this perfect home. And um, basically, the story is this. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit say to one another, let's make man or a human being in our image. And um, let's have them, like they're going to start in this little garden on this huge planet. One little garden somewhere in the Middle East, Garden of Eden. And they're going to they're gonna start to be creative like we are. And they're going to spread that creativity from Eden all around the globe. So that's, mission, that's the mission. Should you choose to accept it, that is the mission. Uh, that they, these two first human beings, a man and a woman, would take the creativity of God that he used to create the planet, to create the whole universe. And they would take that creativity and they would, they would rule and have dominion over the entire earth. A, a grateful dominion. A dominion that comes out of blessing. So that's the, that's the plan. Uh, my mom would often um, just put out all of these things in front of me as a little child. You know, trains and cars and trucks and building, uh, building blocks, Legos, anim- like little rubber animal smurfs, Playmobil figures, if you know those little, you know, men and women. And, um, and there would be this, like, in this huge room, all these things, and she's like, let's build together. And, and then we would build these things together, these amazing combinations of things. And every time it was a little different. And that's what God's doing with humans. He's like, let's take the stuff I made and together we're going to build a planet. Uh, I gave you some really good raw materials, but we're going to do uh, this project together of building, uh, build back better, <laughs> as Biden says, but not exactly. Um, that kind of thing, that kind of idea. You're going to build the planet together uh, creatively with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's the, there's two points here. I want to look at the creator and how did he do it? That's a, that's a good clue is how we're supposed to do it, is how he did it. So he says in verse 26, let us make man in our image or humankind in our image. And then the sub-creators. We are made in the image of the creator, so we create too. And J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings, he called us sub-creators. We're world makers. Uh, we have an instinct to create, if you haven't noticed that. Uh, everything right now that is on your person is created. Everything in this room was created by a human being. And that is what we are called to do. This watch was created. Um, this phone was created. The book was created. This iPad is created. This is created. All these things are good. They're all going to be part of God's final plan of bringing a dominion across the entire world with us. He didn't want to do it without us. He could have made everything. He could have made the iPhone by himself. He didn't do that. He's like, I'm going to make these people. And together we're going to do these things. So the creator and then the sub-creator... And Genesis 1.28 is such a famous verse that has a name. It's called the creation mandate. Creation mandate. Be fruitful and multiply. That's like go out from the Garden of Eden, have a ton of children, fill the earth, and then subdue it and have dominion over it. And, um, and rule it. So those two things. And again, it's a promise. Okay, This is not speculation. Um, I love uh, Caroline Philston um, chose this... Uh, this affirmation of faith just, just for me, because uh, we've been talking a lot about this stuff. But, I mean, look at that. The, tr- 
peace and reconciliation, tyranny and oppression canceled, tears wiped away, the lamb and the lion lying down, justice rolling down like mighty streams. You might know that from Martha King Jr. Um, this is assured. It's not just desired. Total reconciliation is guaranteed in Christ. And that is our hope. That is our faith. Um, not just heaven when you die, but like this planet taken over by God and humans together in grace, in grace. Okay, so that's my intro. Uh, the creator, uh, look at Genesis 1-2. If you have a Bible, just go all the way back to the top. Uh, Genesis 1-2, the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering like a bird, like hovering like a bird over the waters. I like a, a like helicopter that comes down over the uh, sea, and like you see that stuff rippling out, hovering over the entire earth. So it's chaotic, it's empty, but this glowing presence is hovering over it. And I love how Sally Lloyd-Jones puts it. Um, like a mommy bird flutters her wings over her eggs to help her babies hatch. God hovered over the deep, silent darkness. He was making life happen. And he got a little picture of a bird over a nest. So that's what God's doing. He did not snap his fingers and have the whole thing come out. He could have done that. He could have just snapped his fingers and everything suddenly appeared. But he didn't do that. He took time. Maybe he took six literal days. Maybe he took 15 billion years. No one knows for sure. But we do know that he was interacting with nature. His hands were dirty. It says that he actually took dust and made humans out of it. So he was getting in there in the stuff of matter that he made. And it was like building block upon block, day upon day. Kind of like building a Lego set. Uh, he, I'm not going to go into this in much detail, but it's fascinating. On the first three days... And you might, you know, just quickly write this down and check up on this later, but it's true. He builds three kingdoms. Day one, the kingdom of the heavens. So that's, the, that's outside of the, uh, the heavens means like outer space. So day one, he, he forms outer space out of emptiness. Day two, he forms the kingdom of sea, uh, sea and sky. Day three, he forms the kingdom of the planet, of earth. So those are the three kingdoms. He forms them and then he fills them with the three kings that rule each one. So the fourth day, he, he fills the heavens that he formed, outer space, with the sun, moon, and stars. Day five, he fills the sky and sea with the birds and the fish. And then day six, he fills the earth with the king of the earth is humans. And so you have this amazing, elegant pattern of creation where God takes chaos and nothingness and he makes this incredible world, like a great chef, you know, making a gourmet meal. And he picks out the most exotic raw ingredients. If you've seen Babette's Feast, like Babette, who has these ingredients brought in from Paris, this little town in Denmark, and exotic raw ingredients from his, you know, fresh garden, and mixing them together without measuring cups. You know, the gourmet chef doesn't need measuring cups. You know, whisking and grilling and sauteing and baking. And bringing forth out of all this disorder, just all these raw ingredients, animals, plants, herbs, brings out something delicious and incredibly valuable. A, an amazing meal, like we had last night at Moselle's. We went to Moselle's. Amazing salmon on cheese grits. Uh, just, it's an incredible restaurant. To go there is a huge blessing. 
And that comes out of chaos. Somebody back there was cooking that thing up out of chaos. And that's what God does. He takes chaos and he brings out beauty. He takes emptiness and makes fullness. And all of it is whispering uh, the name of Jesus while he's doing it. So he doesn't do it alone. He does it with his son. So Colossians 1.15, all things were made through Christ. The Father and the Son are doing this together. John 1.3 is very famous. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through Him. So they're doing this together. It says in verse 26, let us make man in our image. And that's a very famous us, because um, you have the unity and the diversity of both the man, or being singular, let us make man, singular, in our image, plural, so you can see right now that it's relational. Um, the, the act of creation is the Father and the Son and the Spirit working together to make humans in their image. And in one little verse, you have enshrined forever the, the equal dignity and equality of women. And the ability to create, the equal ability to create of women. It says in verse 27, and, and praise the Lord for this verse. Um, women have been treated Badly enough without this verse. Imagine if this verse hadn't been there. But it says in the very heart of the creation story, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So to really image God uh, must have both genders. You cannot have just one gender image God. Our creativity is so relational that it requires the two genders to do it. You know, the, the creativity of God takes these two forms that are masculine and feminine. And if women or men are not using their unique gifts in this creation mandate, it's not going to work. If it gets over-masculine or over-feminine, it's not going to work. It's got to have both genders. The dominion will not mirror God if it is too much masculine or too much feminine. So that's the creator. That's the first point. Uh, Again, to quote the the storybook Bible, he says, um, I'll take this emptiness and fill it up. Out of darkness, I'm going to make light. And out of the nothing, I'm going to make everything. That's the creator. Now, the, the part about this that's so interesting to me is the sub-creator. And how we are supposed to image God. Um, as I said, uh, Tolkien calls us uh, little um, world makers. Um, little world builders. That's, that's, we are just programmed to be creative. Some people say, I'm not a creative person. That's false. Everyone's creative. We're always creating things all the time. Um, Verse 28 is, again, the essence of the creation mandate. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. So there's three parts of this dominion. Number one, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Spread out from the garden from Sweden to South America and Japan to Argentina. Um, The human race started in one place and then has spread out. Okay, spread out across the globe. Um, So that's the first part. Have a ton of children and fill the earth. And you know, as we get more and more billion, we have six billion people right now. As we get more complex, this is just happening more and more in greater detail. And God has not left this thing to run on its own. He is in the mix right now. And it's never been more complex. The equation is incredibly complex right now. But he's still in the mix, working out his creation mandate with us. So that's one, be fruitful and multiply and fill. Number two, this is the one that's the most controversial And we have abused this, as I will say later on. But it says subdue and have dominion. And often that leads to exploitation and domination. 
People have used it that way, and a lot of environmentalists and people like in PETA, they will say this is, this is essentially oppressive to have that in there. And I would say not at all. Uh, it is just a simple fact that we are uh, the most creative, intelligent, capable species. We do, in fact, rule. Now it's just a question of how do you do that? And that comes to the third part where we do it as a gift. God bless them. God bless them. That's the very first part of the creation mandate. He blessed them. So we study plants, we extract minerals, we name animals, we draw out the potential. And I would even say eating animals is part of the creation mandate. I don't think that's a violation of God's creation. I think we were made to do that. Our teeth are made to do that. Uh, I know that can be controversial, but that's what I believe. And so uh, the creation mandate, as the Gospel Coalition defines it, is the ongoing charge to humanity and the power and blessing of God to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and gently subdue and cultivate it. That's the creation mandate. And again, the, the key word, I think, is the word blessing. Uh, if you don't have blessing, then you get entitlement. Then you get exploitation. You get domination. Uh, you get what we've done to the environment. We, um, we once stayed at these uh, wonderful friends' house, uh, Jed and Cecilia Macosco. Um, she's a doctor in town. He's a professor at Wake. They let us stay at their house in Marathon uh, Marathon Key, Key in, the, in the Florida Keys. Absolutely beautiful place. We stayed there six weeks. It had this gorgeous uh, pool and a hot tub, like a waterfall from the hot tub into the pool. I mean, we had never stayed at a place like this. And uh, there was a dock for fishing. There was a kayak where you could explore the mangrove swamps. It was a five-star kitchen. Um, we each had our big bedrooms, this incredible, these incredible bathrooms. Uh, it's, their, it's like their whole family is kind of prized. Uh, it's the Macosco. You know, their whole family descends there once a year. And they let us use it. It was incredible. <clears throat> and um, we learned to pray as a family there, just as an aside. But the key is, uh, if you were offered the Macosco home in Marathon Key for six weeks, do you think you would treat that place well? <laughs> you better believe it. Like, we, we, the day we left, we cleaned that thing for, like, six hours and I mean we scrubbed everything we dusted we mopped we um, we cleaned the whole fridge out it was like when they got there it was probably the cleanest they'd ever seen that place but we didn't crank up the AC or leave the lights on or leave out dishes or neglect the plants that weren't clothes strewn around at any point the beds were made every day we took care of that place so well because it was a gift and the same is true of this planet this planet is a gift, and we are God's guests, okay? We're his guests in a perfect home that we did not make. Uh, every animal that you pet and every plant that you eat and every flower that you smell are sheer gifts straight from the hand of God's grace. And we, have, we cannot forget that. Um, the sky that's overhead and the ground beneath our feet are gifts from God. And, and guess how much effort you and I put into making these things? Zero. Nothing. We did nothing. Um, and the story of the rich fool who has his, uh, his ground, produces all these crops. And he says, uh, I have made for myself uh, all of these goods. You know, I have grown for myself all these things and I've stored them in my barns. And then God says, this very night, your life is required. Because he has no idea that everything he has is from God, straight from God. Your money, your clothes, your food, your appliances, they're not yours. Your furniture is not yours to do with what you want. They're gifts from God for you to steward, yes, 
Steward for other people mostly. For yourself also. But to quote the great King Mufasa, uh, everything the light touches is our kingdom, Simba, and exists in a delicate balance. Understand that balance and respect all creatures from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. I have given you every plant, verse 29. I have given you every green plant, verse 30. He could not have made it more clear. Rule your plot of land like a gardener in the springtime who cannot wait to plant. You know, in Genesis 2.15, God says to them, work the ground and watch over it. That's our charge, is to be gardeners. You know, where you build boxes or trellises and you dig and you plant and you water and you weed and you prune and you pick and you enjoy the taste. This is our charge on this planet. And I love the way that um, Sally Lloyd-Jones puts that in the, in the Bible, the Bible. God loved them with all of his heart and they were lovely because he loved them. You look like me, he said. You're the most beautiful thing I've made. And Adam and Eve joined in the song of the stars and the streams and the wind and the trees, the wonderful song of love to the one who made them, and their hearts were filled with happiness, and nothing ever made them sad or lonely or sick or afraid. He made us to sing the song with him, to be creative like him. So drawing and weaving and typing and designing and painting and healing and prescribing and selling and tutoring and dog walking and counseling, these are all parts of what it means to be creative like God. Join God in the song of the stars. I just wrote down some things that I know people from this church alone have done. This is a tiny list. This just came off the top of my head. Okay, so a novel, a novel, a clothing business, an English syllabus, an album, many albums, a law firm, a household, many households, many children in many homes, uh, a table, a financial app, a real estate agency, a furniture design company, a medical device, a photography business, a pub, a construction company, a car dealership, a bakery, a website, and on and on and on and on. That's us fulfilling the creation mandate. You know, good job. We, uh, we do this all the time. That is God's vision for spreading his creativity across the whole earth. And that's really why we're here. To do that in love. But of course the problem is, and now I'm drawing to a close, but the problem is that we have not done this with gratitude. That we have used and abused the earth and the animals and the sky and the sea. If you know about the Dust Bowl, um, the Dust Bowl out in Oklahoma when the settlers went out there and uh, we wiped out the buffalo and we overworked the land and we basically took this paradise and turned it into a Dust Bowl. And uh, the, if you read about that, it's just, it's disgusting. It's tragic, disgusting, and based on greed. And short-term gain, which is very much what humans have done. We have polluted water. We have leached soil and cleared forests and extinguished species. And filled oceans with trash the size of Texas. And that's because we wanted to be more than a sub-creator. We wanted to be the creator. And we, wanted, we ruined creation. And, and to a large extent, we have ruined the creation and become domineering. But here's the thing. Christians, we cannot lose hope about this planet, okay? This planet is not going to burn up. We are not going to destroy this. Global warming will not destroy the planet. That's not the story. And I'm not saying that because I'm trusting in some human wisdom. I'm saying that because that's not the story that the Bible tells. It's just not the story. Um, 
You might believe that it's going to be destroyed, but then you're not believing the story. We're not going to go to Mars and live on another planet. We're not going to be a two-planet people like Elon Musk thinks we are. We're going to eventually see this thing through with the miraculous help of God's grace. Because what God did is to restore the dream, he sent a co-creator, Jesus Christ, who was punctured by the very iron that he helped to forge and to imagine And he was hung on wood that he invented, that he thought of. And a crown of thorns was put on his head. Thorns of roses that he thought of, that he invented. And whip of ropes. The creator, the creator comes down and his creation destroys him. Utterly destroys him. And so Jesus absorbed the trauma of the Dust Bowl and the Great Barrier Reef, which is being destroyed, and the rainforest, and the Amazon is being destroyed. And to purge us of pride so that we would rule with gratitude, he came and he took it all in himself. He absorbed it all. And so the dream never died. His dream is not dead. And John saw the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos in exile in 60 A.D., He saw this vision of a city. Revelation 21, 23. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. The new Jerusalem coming down from above. When the creation mandate is fulfilled. And all of the the treasure of the kings of the earth are brought into it. You have Swiss watches. You have German automobiles. You have... British beer, you have American iPhones, whatever, every culture, you know, Italian lasagna, I, I, all the things that the different cultures bring, the kings of the earth bring in their gifts. Isaiah 60, the wealth of the nations will come to you. Camels from Midian and gold and frankincense from Sheba, flocks from Kedar, the rams of Nebaioth, the ships of Tarshish, even the technology of the ships of Tarshish were the most advanced technology of the day will come in to the new Jerusalem. The cypress of Lebanon will beautify my beautiful house. So, again, don't lose heart. I know that that it looks kind of scary right now with the way things are with our environment. Um, You know, the ice caps are melting. The ocean levels are rising. Droughts are getting worse. In India, things are really frightening right now with that. Uh, The southwest. Inequality is skyrocketing around the globe. The porn epidemic is spreading and wars are raging. And yet, still, nevertheless... We have hope that this happened and that Christ has come and taken all of it into himself and therefore will make sure that the creation mandate is fulfilled. And so on the night that he was betrayed... Remember, we love these rascals.